The following episode was recorded before March 2024, and while the content shared is valuable and useful, it features Rob, who is no longer involved in the business. Hey, it's Rob and Kennedy. Hello, today on the Email Marketing Show, we're talking about how to increase your email open rates so you get more people seeing your lovely emails. Before we dig into that, though, we've put together something really cool that we would love to give you, and it is totally free. You see, we know that you want to make more sales from your email marketing. That's why you're listening to this show. And this episode is all about getting more people to open your emails. But we also need people to click on the links in those emails. And so as a perfect companion to this episode, we've got this report with 12 really creative ways to get more clicks from every single email that you send in a new download that we're calling Click Tricks. It's yours totally free as a listener to this podcast today. Today, all you have to do is go to emailmarketingheroes.com forward slash tricks and it's all yours. So he convinced a taxi driver that he knows all about football. Spoiler alert, he does not. It's comedy hypnotist Robert Temple. And he just bought a lovely new blue corduroy jacket. It's psychological mind reader Kennedy. Hello. So, have you decided to become a geography teacher, or...? Yeah, I just thought, ooh, I, lo- I love knowing where Wales is. Is that the jacket you wear? Is it the one you're wearing now? Yes, it is the one I'm wearing now. Mm-hmm. I used to, it reminds me of a sofa I used to have. <laughs> well, it's very comfy, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Not the look, just the size of it. <laughs> I could tell it was yours, it's got tab stains all over. <laughs> from, from my mother probably popping around going, oh, Robert, Robert, Robert. <laughs> uh, so you get in a taxi and you think, I know what I'll do today. I'll pretend I know about football. Were you wearing your favourite sporting shirt? No, so I was on the way to the airport and the worst thing in the world is when a taxi driver asks you what you do and you have to either say hypnotist or email marketing coach. Neither of those lead into fun conversations. <laughs> so before he had a chance to ask me that, he just said the words, oh, did you see the match last night? And instead of saying, I don't really like football, I'm really sorry, sir. I said, oh, I know. <laughs> oh, no! Oh, and the, so, the three I, words to get you in masses of trouble. Oh, I know. To put it into context, I didn't know whether Newcastle were playing or England were playing. Like That was the level of like unsure <laughs> I was about who was playing in this match. Did you find but, um, out? I just spent the entire... entire. I said, what did you think of that decision? I said, well, it's not the one I would have made. I just sort of made this very generic, vague conversation You basically turned into, like, a backseat uh, psychic, didn't you? That's like You were exactly just, like, it, yeah. vaguely sort of, oh, I mean, when he bloody did the... Oh, God, yeah. And they sort yeah. of vaguely... Oh, he had a face, didn't he? He had a head. Oh, on the, <laughs> I when imagine... He, when, he kicked, when he kicked it... Oh, when he kicked I imagine... it... I imagine in reality he went to the pub that night and said, this lad this morning didn't have a clue, but I kept him going. <laughs> yeah, he's he's got his own podcast called like Football Supporters Are Us or whatever, and he's 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 got an episode about that. Hello, by the way, we're a stage hypnotist and a psychological mind reader turned email marketing geeks who give course creators, coaches, membership site owners, folks just like you listening, everything that you need to use psychology-driven email marketing and be the email marketing hero of your business. That means we give you everything to make more sales more predictably in less time with a brand new episode every email marketing Wednesday. Woohoo! Now, people have been saying lovely things, haven't they? 
They've been, they have been saying some lovely things. Uh, so I want to just give a, a shout out to everybody who's been leaving us reviews on the podcast player. So if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and stuff like that, and you want to get your phone out of your pocket and leave us a review, we really appreciate all the reviews. They mean a lot. They help us spread the word. And that's exactly what Greenwood Creative did. This is what they said. They said, me and my small list love this podcast. Winky face. You know, and they get in the drum of us in small list. Flirt. And they said, uh, what a flirt. I know. I don't know who Greenwood Creative is, but I, I quite fancy them, whoever they are now, with that little winky face. Anyway, uh, you can tell these two properly know their stuff, and they explain things in such an engaging way. That's not. There's not many podcasts that make you laugh out loud either. Added bonus, great accents. Rob, I mean, they could be from anywhere because our accents are so weird. A big thank you to Robin Kennedy for making the podcast that is so entertaining and packed with useful information. Thank you, Greenwood Creative. You are lovely, lovely, lovely. Hmm. So, uh, as you're listening to this, make sure that you hit the subscribe button, take a little photograph of yourself listening to this podcast, share it on Instagram, at Rob and Kennedy, tag us, and we will uh, share it as well. We love to see what you're doing, what you're listening to. Uh, Have a little peek into your life. We do, yeah. Shows where you're listening to it. <laughs> I don't know why I did that voice when I was a show is where. The anorak was a bit much. You can take that off. <laughs> I put me, me, me glasses on the end of me. Show me where. Anyway. <laughs> you sounded like a really pervy Yoda. I think I'm turning to a pervy geography teacher. <laughs> you mean a geography teacher? Never mind. So... Uh... <laughs> Anyway, we've uh, we've been talking for flipping years about the fact that open rates are wrong, and now here we are sidling into the podcast this week, going now. Here's how you improve them. Yeah, now we haven't we haven't done a big U-turn like some people have in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> there hasn't been a there hasn't been a big political U-turn going on here. We haven't changed our minds. Oh, we're all definitely going to give you lots of reason. Ah, oh, we're not going to give you lots of reason. Um, we uh, we we're not doing a big U-turn. We haven't changed our sort of policy on this open rate thing, but we do need to kind of. Um, specify a little bit and probably elaborate on our point uh, because obviously sometimes you say something on the internet and it gets taken out of context and then it goes viral and then next mm. thing you know you've got a billion a billion people saying but what about my open rate so uh, what we're going to do is we're going to sort of clarify our position mm. generally speaking open rates are wrong right so if if you look at your open rate and it says it's 43 percent, it's not might be higher than that might be lower than that it's probably lower than that but you, it's hard to tell um and generally speaking, for individual subscribers, we suggest that you sort of ignore them a bit. So don't look at, you know, Derek at dereckswebsite.com in your email list and then look and go, oh, well, Derek opened this email and he didn't open that one and he opened that one, but he didn't open that one. He opened those three. Look, don't, don't look at that and then make any decisions off the back of it. Like, for example, uh, you can in some platforms set automations to trigger off the back of somebody opening an email. So if somebody opens, if Derek opens this email I sent, then I want you to trigger this email campaign. And if he doesn't open that email, then keep sending him emails in this sequence until he does and then trigger that campaign. You don't want to trigger individual activity off the back of whether somebody has or hasn't opened an email. So uh, that's really, really important. And the reason for that, just very briefly, as we've talked about millions of times before, is that the the technology used to track open rate reporting is just flawed. And uh, it's got worse because some platforms like Apple iPhones are marking all emails as open and some androids are marking them as all as as not open closed um even if they were open and so what that means is that between the two of those things this is way off you can't trust it don't assume that derek did anything because derek probably didn't 
Exactly. So on an individual person-by-person basis, we can't be triggering something off whether the fact somebody opened or unopened. But what you can do is look at your overarching number of the emails you sent over the last few weeks. Was my open rate up or down relative to the previous day or relative to the, relative to the previous one of the previous email that I sent? Because that, that will give you a general thing of, okay, well, they're all, at least they're consistently inaccurate, right? That, that's basically what it comes down to. They're incorrect relative to one another. I've just had a little thought. I don't know why in email marketing we've decided the word unopened is a word. Why aren't emails closed or yeah. open? When you were saying it before, I was thinking, why on earth have we come up with this stupid word? It's not, oh, I mean, not, I'm not blaming Robert here. I'm just no, saying. No, I said closed. You you said closed. I think you got it right. So let's, um, let's just take a little, I mean, oh, by the way, one thing, just to let you know about this open rate thing as well is there will be a thing uh, over the past few months, you may have noticed that your open rates have gone up. Right? And you might be thinking, oh, I'm suddenly doing everything brilliantly. Truth is, everybody's open rates have generally gone up in the reporting over the past few months. That does not mean more people have opened your emails. It means the number, it literally just means the number that pe- that is being displayed inside your email platform of how many people, I'm doing air quotes here, how many people have opened your emails, Is that number is going up. That's all it means. The truth is, over the last few months, that's when this tracking problem has continued to happen. So that number is basically... And don't you forget it. Now, just before we dive into the real content of this episode, which I promise is right around the corner, um, I, the thing about this is, even though we've called this episode about how to how to increase your open rates, uh, what we, are, of course, want people to do is to open our emails. You can just probably like not pay that much attention to the actual number itself, but you do need people to open your emails. And these tricks, exactly. will, these, these ideas and these strategies will get people to open your emails. They're not tricks, that's the wrong word. They will get people to open your emails, but they're not necessarily going to see a change in open rate just because of all that tracking stuff. Yeah, these un- Tricks, <laughs> these untricks, yeah. These un- these untricks for these unopens. These so- untricks to get fewer closed emails. <laughs> yes, that's that's exactly it. So, this is about getting people to open the emails, regardless of that number. So, let's get into some of the tips. The first thing we've got to realize is the thing that gets your email opened is not your subject line. The number one thing that gets your email opened is not your subject line. Hark, what is he talking about? That peroxide's gone to his brain. No, and I mean, and here's the proof. If you get an email from a parent of yours or a sister or your very best friend in the world and it has no subject line, you will most likely still open that email. When When I see an email coming in from Rob, I'm definitely going to open that email. If I see one coming in from my mum, I'm definitely going to open that email. From my sister, open that email. I'm definitely going to open the email, even if there's no subject line. Whereas, if I get an email from busty nurses, and I don't care whether the subject line's the most um, beneficial thing to my world, like how to you know do something amazing with your hair, or here's some new great new jackets that you might want to try. Um, careful. Um, <laughs> I could see your mind working there, Robert, and you, you bit your tongue. Very well, very good, very good. Um, it doesn't matter what the subject line is. I'm not opening that email. I'm going to report it as spam before I even, before I go on with my day. I'm going to just hit the spam button, right? This shows you that it's the reputation that you are building up 
every single time you send an email, that is the thing that gets your email opened. When you, when someone sees your name landing in their inbox, what is their instant, deep, subconscious, reflex, unconscious response to that? Is it, oh, I'm going to read that. It's going to be really entertaining. Like when you get our emails. A lot of people say, I love your emails. As soon as I see your name, I know it's going to be entertaining. I'm going to get value out of it. And I'm also going to find out what else you've got going on. Great. Whereas there's that dirty, rotten, spammy person who they only email you to sell you their thing or they use dodgy tactics to try and trick you to opening up your their, their opening up the, um, the email. Like, one of the worst things you can do is trick people using the subject line, right? I saw this, I mean, I think we've talked about this on the show before, where a really big-name marketing quote-unquote guru put something in the subject line about my best friend died of COVID yesterday or something. And then I opened the email and the first time was, well, well, it wasn't my best friend. He didn't really die. And I'm like, what? Now, immediately, every time I see that person's name, I've had to unsubscribe from his list, actually, because every time I see his name, I immediately just feel icky. And I don't consciously replay that situation. I just feel icky. I don't want to open their emails. So it's your reputation that is the thing that gets your emails open. So how do you improve your reputation? Well, you make sure you send good stuff. You don't, you're not predictable. You don't trick people. What is the emotion that people get when they read your emails? Do they feel let down or do they feel like, that was good, that was interesting, that was valuable to me, I got something out of that, or I've learned something, right? So that's the first thing. Your reputation is the thing that gets your emails opened, and that's the thing you can start doing from now. That's the thing, because if you trick someone to opening your email today, you're, you might get a better opening rate today, a better true open rate today, but your open rate in the future is going to be hugely damaged. And that's the, that's the danger of tricking people to open your email. So reputation, not subject line. And what happens then is that your subject line just becomes a reason to read this email from you specifically rather than, you know, as opposed to yesterday's email, tomorrow's email, just to read today's email and to keep going. It almost becomes like a little game with yourself, I think. Um, so what happens is your reputation, as Kennedy just described, gives you like a like a resting open rate, like a resting heartbeat. And then every now and then you can get a really good one. Um, like, you know, when you see a really beautiful person or you run a massive race and your heart beats a bit faster. Basically, what you want to do is you want to try and use a really, like, use a cool, interesting, uh, curiosity-driven... Or, or if you're chasing after a really beautiful person. <laughs> <laughs> And your heart's beating really, really fast. <laughs> Come um, back, I didn't get your number. You, you got a digit <laughs> wrong. I tried to call you just now. Or if you're the beautiful person running away from you. I don't know, any of those things. <laughs> it's more um, likely to be that. Even faster. Yeah, so your your kind of job then every day in the little game you can play with yourself is can I come up with a more interesting subject line? But what's interesting is I know when the email I sent yesterday to our email marketing heroes list was possibly the worst subject line I've ever written. Because I wrote the email and the email was fine. I got to the end of it, I said, there's, n- there's no subject lines here. There's no subject <laughs> lines here at all. So I just put a very factual one in. But the, the truth is the subject, the open rate, the, the number of opens and clicks and stuff will still be fine because our reputation is solid and therefore it's going to be good. Uh, It just isn't going to be... It's not going to spike as much as it would if I had a really creative, funny, witty one on top of it. So that's what you're looking for. Yeah, you're looking for that reason to to come up with you. Here's the next thing that... We've talked about this back in another episode. We want to to create a reason in that subject line for them to open it and to want to open that one from you. But most people get this wrong. Most people will put a subject line like how I made... $20,000 last month using a free Facebook group. And the thing is, that sounds like it's got curiosity. We know we should be using curiosity in subject lines. How did they do it? The thing is, we actually know the answers to all the questions now. We know that we can make a bunch of money using a free Facebook group. We've actually got no 
really exciting reason to open that email. So what we want to do instead is use a technique that we call compound curiosity. Compound curiosity is where you put more than one curious element into that subject line. We're not going to go into it right now. We've got lots of examples and a full episode about it. If you go check out the email mark over over emailmarketingheroes.com slash compound emailmarketingheroes.com slash compound you can listen to a whole episode about how we talk about to build compound curiosity i'll tell you now it sounds like it's technical and and clever that's only because we get a technical and clever name everybody can do this you may have found you're already doing it sometimes but not realize that's the reason those emails are working particularly well so definitely go and study that out so you can do more of what's working for you emailmarketingheroes.com slash compound to listen to that episode Another thing that we do is we use open loops at the end or during our emails in order to boost open of the next ones. Now, there's two ways to do this. There are really obvious, overt ways to do it, and then there are slightly more subtle ways of doing it as well. So the really overt way of doing it, and basically an open loop is the idea of answering a question or raising a thought now in this email that doesn't get answered or acknowledged and, uh, and completed, a thought that doesn't get completed until the next email. And it's kind of a bit like if you're ever walking down the street and you see somebody whose face you recognize and you can't think where you know them from and you thought is that that beautiful person i want to chase that no um you, you, you might see somebody wandering down the street and think i know that person's face from somewhere but i can't think where and then it nags at you all day doesn't it uh, it's because we can't deal with the idea of, a, of an unfinished thought or like you know when you're about to say something and then you completely forget what you're about to say i'm not gonna do the obvious joke you forget you you go to say something you forget what it was and it's like lingering at the Sorry. back of your mind and it's so frustrating and people are going well we're talking about elephants was it about elephants no what about cheese cheese made from elephants no uh, and they're like trying to remind you of everything you having a conversation about in case it triggers that thought again we can't deal with not having this this finished completed loop right so the idea of an open loop is that you start a thought and then you don't finish it and they have to sort of subconsciously even though it wouldn't nag them that much they have to sort of subconsciously think about it and then we complete it later so two ways to do it the overt way to do it is literally say in your email i'd love to i was going to tell you about this thing but i'm running out of time i'll tell you about it tomorrow or um in tomorrow's email that's a story for tomorrow yeah that's a story for tomorrow exactly The more subtle way of doing it is to say something like you're telling a story and in the bra- in sort of brackets, you'll sort of casually say, I'll tell you about this another time. I'll mention this tomorrow. Like, it's it's still it's still obvious that you're saying a thing, but it's a little bit more subtle. It's woven into the middle of a story you're already telling. It's not like you get to the end of an email. It's got a beginning, a middle, and an end. It's a complete thought. And in the PS, you go, by the way, tomorrow something cool is happening. I'll tell you about it then. For example, if in the story you're telling, you say, I was hobbling down the street, and you're going to tell them about what happened when you went down the street. Before you go on from I was hobbling down the street, you can put in brackets, I'll tell you why tomorrow, why I was hobbling tomorrow, and then go into the rest of the story about what happened when you were hot, you know, as you got down the street, you met a person you hadn't seen for years, and blah, 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 blah. But the next day, you're going to talk about how you ended up in a place where you were hobbling. How did you hurt your foot or your leg or whatever? I, th- I think I think you fell over when you were chasing that. Never mind. This is, well, anyway, uh, we're going to build a reputation for me as some kind of weird psychopath. We need, <laughs> we need, we need to move on from this. <laughs> anyway, another really good thing you can do here to really improve your open rate, and it sounds like a really strange thing to say, but we're all about using these 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 non-logical ways of, of, in, of, of getting results. That's what we do a lot inside with the league and our campaigns inside there and the teaching we do. It's really flipping logic around and, and, and using more psychology, which is, is not so logical, right? We're not really logical beings. We like to think we are, don't we? We like to think we're logical, but we're really not, as you, as you know, right? So going back to that point of reputation and what do people think when they see your name landing in the inbox, one of the things that you can do is make your emails shorter. 
So by making emails shorter, yes, you are going to save time on writing longer emails. That's great. You're going to make your emails much more to the point. That's, that's really, really good. But what's nice is when someone sees your, your name land in their inbox and they, they're either going to think, oh, I have got time to read that right now, or, oh, I don't have time to read that right now. If they don't have time to read it right now, the chances are they're never going to make time because they, your next email is going to land and they're going to now decide whether to read that one or not. And they're going to eventually feel like they've got a backlog. If your emails are shorter and they know your emails are always pretty damn short, like ours are, for example, people will go, oh, I'll just have a quick read of that now. And that means you're, you're going to get more people opening that email to consume that message. So make your email shorter and build that reputation for, se- for sending much shorter emails. Also leads on to our next idea, which is to be be regular. Um, the more regular you are, you easy, the easier it is for you to become a habit in somebody's life. So if your emails are like sporadic and they don't know when the next one's going to come at all, uh, that becomes very difficult for you to become a habit and become part of somebody's life. You more, are more likely to be an interruption. If your email is like every three days-ish um, or you know something <laughs> like that, if it's not a regular thing. Now, we're not saying that has to be daily. We think it should be, but it doesn't have to be daily. If it's every other day, that still becomes a bit of a habit. If it's once a week, that still becomes a bit of a habit. Less than a couple of times a week, and you're really dodging, uh, dodging on. You're really treading, dodging. You're really treading on dodgy ground. Are you okay, hon? I think I'm okay. You? Um, you're really, you're really on dodgy <laughs> ground. Do you want to if, you jacket? if you go less than three times a week, oh, there's wheels. Uh, if you go less than three times a week, uh, you are on dodgy ground for various other reasons we've talked about in other episodes. But as regular as you can be, that allows you to become a habit. So, for example, if you're like Kennedy and you're the kind of person who wants to send an email at the same time every day to your list, you want to get up every morning, five o'clock, whatever, nine o'clock, lunchtime, I don't care, and you want to sit and uh, you want to type the email and send it at the same time, that becomes the best possible form of habit for your person because either they get they know the email's coming and they'll be watching for it or they know that when they wake up because they're on different time zones or they like a lie-in, the email's going to be there and ready for them. You can do that. If you're a bit more like me and you like to be a bit more sporadic and just do it whenever, it's not quite as strong because it's not quite as strong a habit, but at least they know it's coming every day and they, again, they know they can look out for it. So the more regular you are and the more of a habit it becomes for you, you know if you go to the gym every day, you're more likely to go to the gym every day than if you go to the gym once every you know fortnight with the full moon shot you know if it's if it's not a habit it becomes less of a habit right right it does and speaking of habits what you can do is you can and this is a really powerful thing you can do it's a pretty advanced thing and that is you can link existing behaviors and habits that your audience already has to reading your emails and it's really simple to do so for example if you're only emailing once a week obviously as you know we profess and we 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 tell people that you should you know encourage people to email every day but let's say you only do it once a week if you make a thing of the fact that it goes out on a wednesday you could say you could you could give it a bit of a name you could give it a bit of a brand like we call it email marketing wednesday so if we were emailing once a week which we would never do but if we were truth is if now we've got this email marketing wednesday thing that everyone's following along with we would probably release our email on a wednesday because people would go oh it's wednesday when they get up in the morning oh it's email marketing wednesday right or um if you've got if you've got like a certain day of the week you tie it in the other thing you could do is tie it in with a particular time of day so a great company who's done this a great newsletter which is a paid newsletter brand which is morning brew 
if, you, if you've heard of Morning Brews newsletter, literally the idea is that it goes out first thing in the morning so you can read that email newsletter with your morning cup of tea, cup of coffee or whatever, with your morning brew. So is it the... Um, I remember I used to do a thing back in the day which was like the two o'clock tip and I would put like a thing on social media uh, when I was um, doing just my, my psycho- psychological mind reading stuff and I'd have like a two o'clock tip every single day on, um, on at two o'clock which is like a little psychological tip that people could use to improve their communication skills and stuff like that because I was teaching persuasion and stuff like that at the time. So people would anchor two o'clock with the tips. So they'd go and they'd check Twitter and uh, and Facebook at the time to go and to go and see what those tips were. So what can you anchor? And it could be something like it's the same way that we remember to brush our teeth is because you it's associated with a habit you're already going to do you've woken up what you're going to do brush your teeth you're about to go to bed you've just turned the the light on on the bedside table oh i'm going to go and brush my teeth if you anchor it to an existing behavior it means your audience is likely to think about actively proactively going to their email inbox and finding your email and that's a very different thing to expecting your email to stand out whenever it is that they happen to be going and checking their email. So can you link it to a time of the day or to a day of the week or days of the week? If you want to email twice a day, twice a week, it might be the days that begin with a T. So you might have a link with that. But you have to tell them what it is. You have to tell them what it is. And that's really, really important piece of this of this part. If you don't tell them what it is, you may as well not be doing it. So it has to be overt. You have to tell them in every email because it's the repetition of that, you know, brush your teeth, brush your teeth. Like your, your mama, your dad used to say when you're growing up, oh, you're about to go to bed, brush your teeth. That repetition is the thing that ingrains the habit and links the habits together. Notice how many of these things, by the way, are not, as we said, they're, they're untricks. They're not tricks or hacks or quick, you know, um, loopholes or anything. These are all relating to building a list of people who want to receive your emails and hear from you every day, because that is the secret to having a list of people who want to open your emails and hear from you every day. Like, uh, yeah. the, there's no long-term trick to making that happen. And therefore, and I think, Rob, actually, just I want to talk about that, because I think that's the main difference between our approach to the psychological, psychology-based marketing and psychology-based email marketing specifically. We don't teach people tricks. Like, there are things you can do and words that will work better than other words. But actually... We don't really subscribe to the idea of there being these tricks. The main thing is it's about the beliefs. It's about the bigger stuff that you are doing that makes you a more influential person rather than having a, a little toolkit of tricks that you can whack out and, and whammy people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the next thing that you want to do is to, well, we recommend, is to remove the benefits from the subject lines. If you imagine that you like go to a, a shirt, like a menswear company, and you buy some shirts, and now you're on their email list, there's only so many times and so many ways they can email you and say, do you want some more white shirts? Do you want some blue shirts? Do you want some patterned shirts? Do you want some checky shirts? Uh, special offers on shirts? Um, yeah. Buy some shirts and get another shirt free. Uh, like, there's only so many ways they can say shirts. <laughs> and it's the same with whatever it is that you do, right? There's, there's only, only so many ways that we could send a subject line about... Uh, three ways to increase your open rates, uh, you know, how to get more click. At some point, people are going to get bored of that. And what it does is it removes a lot of the mystery from what the email is, which means there's much less reason to open the email. So what happens is mm-hmm. people go through this decision factor as to, um, 
you know, they know that they know that if they open your email, you're going to sell them something. That's fair enough. But at the same time, you want them to feel like there's going to be something interesting and valuable in that so that if they're not ready to buy from you, they can at least still open the email and read it. And the truth is that reading that email might move some people from not, not ready to buy and not looking actively to buy to actually buying. So what we tend to do is, for mo the most part, is remove the benefits from the subject lines. Don't talk about what the email is going to do for them, but instead make it curiosity-driven and interesting and about the story or whatever. So most of our emails are story-driven, as you know, and therefore most of our subject lines are plucked from the story. And it's much more interesting for us to send an email that says something like, she wouldn't stop yelling at me and then tell a story because that's riddled with curiosity. It's got compound curiosity in it. If you go and listen to that episode we referenced earlier at forward slash emailmarketingheroes.com forward slash compound. But it's riddled with curiosity. It's also got nothing to do with email marketing. People can't glean anything from that. And one of the things is that if you said like how to grow your list with a Facebook group, one of two things is going to happen. Either somebody's going to go, well, I don't have a Facebook group. I don't want a Facebook group. I don't care about Facebook groups. I don't like Facebook. Like all of those things that rules them out from ever being able to open that email. And secondly, if they've already got a Facebook group, even if they haven't got your course and they don't know how you do it, they don't feel the need to read it and watch it because they've already got a Facebook group and it's already building their list. Even though your thing might be dramatically better, it might completely change their life. It might totally change their approach and be way better than what they're currently doing people can come to the assumption and we are naturally complacent anyway i think that we read something and go i'm already doing that i probably already know what it is like a magician comes to the table with a pack of cards and says pick a card and you go i've seen this one right the, like there's a thousand card tricks you can't thousands of them you can't possibly know which one they're going to do but i think people see that subject line and they read it and go oh well i'm already doing it with a facebook group so i don't need that anymore so the the less the less obvious you make the subject line and the less related to the thing you're ultimately going to talk about in the subject line the better you're going to get the results and all this comes down to, like, really, in the first place, attracting people who want to receive your emails. So making sure that there is a really good link between the reason they join your email list, whether that's a challenge and some kind of event-based thing or a product, or it's a, a, a lead magnet or, or a product, whatever, right? What is the link between that and what you talk about on a day-to-day -day basis? Because if they're really closely linked, it means you're building a list of people who want to receive your emails. Case in point, if you, um, if you teach email marketing, like we do, if we put a lead magnet up, which is about how to build three things you can do to build a Facebook group, to build your email list, the problem with that as a lead magnet, even though it sounds like it's related to email marketing, is are we attracting people who want to hear an email every day, want to receive an email every day, about email marketing? No, we could be very well attracting a whole bunch of people who want to learn about social media marketing. So we're going to be attracting the wrong people who don't want to receive our emails. Another really good way around this is to make one of your reasons to join your email list to be get my daily emails about the thing that you teach. That means you're going to end it with a lot of people on there. And once you've got people on there, be very brutal. Be very, um, be very quick to remove people who are not engaging. Drop the duds, we call it, right? The people who have just disengaged, who are no longer engaging with your emails, get rid of them because as soon as you do that, your open rate goes up 
because the people who aren't opening, you've deleted them, right? I know it sounds like a false uh, a false economy of it, but actually those people by not opening your emails are actually damaging your ability to deliver to the people who do want to receive them, so they can't open them either, and it becomes this terrible, vicious circle. So by making sure you've got your re-engagement sequences and stuff like that all set up and your 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 engagement monitoring all set up with your email provider that's going to allow you to increase your open rates. And again, for all of you who are inside of the league, you know we have our LOL revival sequence. You should have that plugged in. If you haven't already got it set up, make that a priority because it massively positively impacts your ability to do everything else with your email marketing. Your sales will be up, your engagement will be up, and your um, your, your deliverability of all your emails is going to be up. So drop the duds. Mm, indeed. Um, the next thing you want to do, and I keep coming back to these blooming subject lines because I'm a bit obsessed, but the next thing you want to <laughs> yeah. do is to make sure you vary your subject line in terms of length in order to keep it varied. <laughs> uh, so that people like... Uh, wow. They see, like, keep, keep, keep it word, how many times can you use the word varied when you're talking about varying things? I've got to vary <laughs> the irony is not lost. Um, <laughs> What what you're looking to do is like you know some at some point use one word so just like the word you know died full stop and then um, another one nice. that's like a full sentence use uh, cat all you know not all capitals that's a bad idea but like use uh, um, sentences where every the first letter of every word is capitalized and then do it where they're all lowercase um, put an emoji at the beginning put an emoji at the end put an emoji in the middle put a couple of emojis in the middle replace a word with an emoji like vary the look and feel and style and length of the subject line so that it's different if you think about scanning down an email inbox um, you obviously scan down the from name and then down the subject line name or maybe you look at a from and then a subject line and then a from name and then a subject line but as you're scanning down the inbox you can't help but notice because they're, um, they're like emboldened in most inboxes when they're unopened you can't help but notice the subject line and you know if you see them they're all most people send quite long subject lines so you see quite long subject lines that are all very much in line with each other and then suddenly there's one that's indented because it's really short you can't help mm -hmm. but be drawn to that so do short subject lines long subject lines um put sometimes i'll just i can't ex i can't quite explain this but sometimes i'll just put a full stop on the end of a subject line for no reason at all but it sort of gives it a bit of a punch that it doesn't normally have most subject lines don't have full stops at the end so just putting mm -hmm. one at the end gives it a bit more of like a definitive stop on the end so just vary what your subject lines look like i like it a lot and basically one of the things you want to do across what rob was just talking about and a lot of the things we're talking about here is look at the patterns you are creating and the patterns that other people who your subscribers are receiving stuff from and break those patterns so if you are subscribed to most of your competitors or the people who are also um emailing your subscribers which you should be by the way that's a thing you should definitely be doing subscribing to everybody else who your subscribers are, are receiving emails from if you're not doing that already little birdie bonus tip there for you uh, do that look at what they're all doing and go okay they all tend to email at this time of day I'm going to do it a different time of day. Or but that, when people say to us, what's the best time of day to email your subscribers? One of the pieces of advice you want to give out is, well, not the same time as everybody else, like ideally, because you, wanna, you don't want to be competing for the attention. So if you currently, and you can even, even break the pattern within your own emailing, your own routine. So for example, if you currently email every single morning, like I do, you could also send a second email in the afternoon or in the early evening or in the evening. 
just one, just as a one-off thing, just because that again interrupts the band. Oh, this is weird. I'm getting an extra email that I don't usually get. If you only ever email once a day, every now and again, drop in a second one later. Well, this must be important because that person has emailed me twice. That's weird, right? So what are the patterns? Look at the frequency, the time, the day, the types of subject lines, all those things, and try and break those patterns. Write down your patterns, break the patterns. Of course, um, you'll find out a whole bunch of those things, uh, that how we do it. We've got a whole a training on subject lines inside of the league as well. If you're not already a member of the league, go go to theleaguemembership.com and check that out. I know all of you who are members of the league, um, make sure you go check out our subject lines that make sales training. Take a look at how we take each of the campaigns that you are currently looking at inside of the league, out of all, there's more than 30 of them now, and look at how we are doing all of these things to build that reputation and build that arc across all the campaigns that builds up and increases your open rate. I think one of the things you'll notice as you listen through this episode and then go and look and then go and look at the stuff in the league is how this stuff is baked into those campaigns and then furthermore once you've used these techniques to get people to open the open the emails how the emails then nudge them to take the next action to click and to buy and to to have desire and all of that stuff yeah yeah and again if you're not a member yet you can go to theleaguemembership.com and check out all of the details now it's time for this week's subject line of the week subject line of the week go on this one is message from Orlando. I've done variations of this quite a lot. I think I was in a hurry when I wrote the email, so it just sort of naturally came out. Um, again, not the best subject line in the world for, from a point of view of uniqueness, because I've done it before. Um, but basically, we've done postcard from, we've done message from, we've done letter from. So this was just message from Orlando. Basically, Kennedy was in Orlando, sent me a message. I wrote this email to the subscribers, sort of talking about what he'd said and what he'd heard <laughs> while he was there. Uh, it's it's riddled with compound curiosity that we talked about earlier, um, because people want to know what's the message and why is, who's in Orlando and why are they in Orlando? Um, or is Orlando a person? Is Orlando a bloom suddenly getting in touch and sending them stuff like that? So um, if you can do something where like you are in an unusual place or somebody in your life is in an unusual place compared to where they normally are, uh, this is a really great one. That's this week's Subject Line of the Week. Subject Line of the Week. You made it. Well done. Congrats. You made it to the end of the episode. And uh, I hope you had a good time and enjoyed it and got loads of value on ways to increase how many people are opening your email so you get more of your message in front of every single person. Rob and I will be back next week with a brand new episode. We do this every single week. It's totally free. And we love hanging out with you and love that you choose to hang out with us. So make sure you hit subscribe on your podcast player so next week's episode automatically downloads to your player and you don't miss out on a single thing. We'll see you next week. Next week.